The Guardian. Hello, I'm Matt Wells. This is Media Talk. Coming up this week, just as Sienna Miller becomes the first celeb to settle with the news of the world, the phone hacking scandal widens to include Tony Blair and shock horror Kate Middleton. We'll bring you the latest on the dark arts, privacy and the press. Also in the podcast, the radio industry takes a bold leap into the 21st century as Rajar ditches the pen and paper and moves its diary system online. We ask what took them so long. Plus, new balls please, and a pair of ridiculous glasses too, as Wimbledon goes 3D and Doctor what is happening we're coming for you I swear that whatever happens however hard however far we will find you after an unseemly amount of faffing the BBC confirms that Doctor Who will return for a seventh series this is Media Talk from The Guardian Well, there can be no accusations of London metropolitan wankiness this week. We've got a Brummy and a Scotsman here in the pod. They are the Guardian's very own James Robinson. How are you, James? Yeah, very well, thank you. And I'm feeling quite uh, brummy. And non-metropolitan. And non-metro- non-metropolitan. <laughs> and Neil Henderson is the head of broadcast at the Red Consultancy. Uh, how are you, Neil? Uh, you, you passed your, your test. We're, it's great back. It's great to be here, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Just not, not quite so harsh on the accent, OK? Uh, Vicky Frost is popping in later uh, for our TV chat. Uh, but we're starting with our old friend, phone hacking, because there have been some exciting new developments. At the start of the week, Sienna Miller became the first celebrity to settle with the news of the world. Uh, she, well, she'd already accepted £100,000 in damages, and she can now add to that tidy sum a full and frank apology from newsgroup newspapers for accessing her voicemails. If News International thought that was the end of it, they were sadly mistaken. Guardian revealed on Thursday that there was evidence of the phones of former Prime Minister Tony Blair and former civilian Kate Middleton had also been hacked. We'll hear all about that in a moment, but uh, let's liven things up first. Uh, here's former News of the World editor Piers Morgan telling Five Lives Richard Bacon what he thinks of the whole affair. I have a lot of sympathy for the people at the top, because I don't think they had a clue what was going on and I think that it's one of those situations where until you know exactly what the scale of the problem is it's very hard to deal with but, it but what I do find stomach churning was your mate Hugh Grant on here the other day <laughs> a guy who has used the media this is my problem with all the phone hacking victims they've all used the media over the years to uh, f- feather their nest buy their houses flog their movies sell out their concerts and now they're squealing like little pigs over the media and you know I just think it's uh, it's perspective time again the Guardian is leading the charge on phone hacking they believe it's wrong for any newspaper to publish material that has been gained unlawfully. And yet The Guardian was the newspaper that published WikiLeaks, which is openly an illegal form of material that's been acquired illegally, that was very dangerous to many parts of the security services and the armed forces. They knew that and willfully published it. And their argument is, well, it was all in the public interest. Really? Colonel Gaddafi's lovers, which is one of the WikiLeaks revelations, that's in the public interest? There is no difference. It is sanctimonious, hypocritical bilge by The Guardian, by the BBC, sorry, but they piled into by these stars like Hugh Grant. The BBC, in my experience when I was a newspaper editor, you break a big juicy story, a big old scandal, 
And then what would happen is the Guardian and the BBC the next day would say, there are disgusting revelations in the Daily Mirror or News of the World today, so repellent that we are now going to talk about them for the next 20 minutes. No. And in the case of the Guardian, we're going to run 17 pages on it. You I- can't have your cake and eat it. If the BBC and the Guardian feel so strongly about this prurient kind of journalism, they should never cover it again. Uh, Piers Morgan there speaking to Richard Bacon on a Manhattan rooftop, uh, as you do. Um, uh, now, we are, of course, <laughs> I can see James is shaking his head. Where do you start? We are, we are of course, contractually obliged not to, not to agree with anything that Piers Morgan says. Yeah, well, that, I mean, and even if I was, if, if, if I wasn't, I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I mean, I think, um, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's utterly ridiculous. I mean, I mean, just starting at the top, uh, he said that no one at the top knew about this. Well, we'll 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 find out. They were fairly near the top. I mean, I mean you we, know, we, the people that, that been, one top. of the people at the t- virtually at the summit has already been arrested mm. uh, and sus- uh, suspended and then sacked by the News of the World for a start. I mean, you know, mm. we could go on, but um, I mean, his uh, the idea that WikiLeaks is um, and out of just two, who who Grant is having sex with is just ridiculous, mm. absolutely ridiculous. Okay, um, uh, no, that's that's put that to one side. L- 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 there have been some developments this week. I mentioned uh, uh, Sienna Miller, so the, she's got her big apology. That all came out in, in court this week, so that one's done. Um, but there are plenty, plenty more uh, in terms of people who are seeing the, the uh, seeing the news of the world. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. There's there's many. There's a, over twenty civil cases still being fought. Um, Miller is the only one who's accepted uh, an, an apology and damages from the news of the world thus far. They've offered uh, apologies and damages to seven others and possibly another eight after that. Mm. I mean, the point is, there's a long way to go. This, this really, now the civil cases have become the public inquiry we should have, mm. uh, but, but we haven't got. So, that, that, so that's all being played out. Because yeah. more, more details come out in... Uh, each time this comes to court, more details come out in in in, in the judgment or the or the apology or whatever, don't they? Yeah, exactly. In the in the, the pre court hearings, I mean, the, the trial. There's a trial next January of, of several f- four or five test cases, uh, but in the in the, the preamble to that is obviously all the the pre court hearings where we we hear uh, why this the, the should go to trial and the lawyers for various celebrities and public figures just reveal exactly what they think had happened had happened to their clients. You know, who when they were hacked, why which stories came from it and that and that's the interesting thing when you actually build up a picture of the news of the world sort of modus mm. operandi during that process so there's there's a huge amount more to come on that i'll come to you neil in a second but james you're the expert on on all the de- all the details of, of, of this and because we had more uh, cases revealed this week i mentioned kate middleton and tony blair now are they connected to all these previous ones or or are they separate yeah and george michael and uh, gary lineker and others i mean this is this is separate in the sense that it's another investigator jonathan reese who, right, uh, so this isn't the Glenn Mulcair. So it isn't Glenn Mulcair, so the, but similar techniques, possibly um, more sort of scary techniques in a sense that, you know, the, the, the Reese, it's well known, uh, taped phone calls as well as just, you know, it wasn't just a case of hacking to mobile phone messages. It was more so a kind of private investigator. He was more of a full on private investigator yeah. who's done some you know, unspeakably terrible things at his time. Into yeah. emails as well. And, and, and hacking to emails as well. Yeah, and all the, the, the full range of. Uh, uh, of techniques that can be used. So, so Neil, we've said. I mean, we've talked on this podcast before about how it doesn't seem to be. Uh, you know, w- uh, none of this seems to be wrapping up fairly soon. In fact, it just seems to be broadening. But that you know, we can say that again this week, can't we? Well, from a from a PR point of view, they should have killed it early on. Mm. Um, but yet they they allowed it to drag on. Then they promised to pay out. Uh, now they're trying to cap the payouts. But if if as James says, you know, the, these cases are twenty or thirty cases. More will come out of the woodwork. And also, there's rumours that John Yates, who was one of the investigating officers, his phone may 
mm. have also been hacked into. So that then opens up a whole Pandora's box of other senior people in the Met and you know, how their investigation w- was infected. Uh, and news group strategy has been to try and, cl- uh, and close down all these civil cases, but they don't seem to be able to do it very quickly, do they? No, and I think they, 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 they stalled for too long and, and they, they didn't launch a root and branch investigation internally hmm. um, and it, it's dragged out too long and it could go on for years and years which is not going to do Rebecca Wade and, and her colleagues any, any, any good Brooks, absolutely. Um, well, meanwhile, in the, in the world of privacy in the press, the uh, Parliamentary Committee looking into privacy injunctions is moving into action. The, the MPs and peers on the committee say they want to call newspaper editors, judges and technology company chiefs too to public hearings. So um, will this become a sort of public inquiry, James, do you think? Into, into um, well, I think uh, whether there's a, an official public inquiry or not, I mean, I think David Cameron's alluded to Hmm. The potential for there being one, hasn't he? And I think, uh, I mean, it's certainly something that's going to dominate the next year or so. You know, it's just a sort of convergence of these various cases, yeah. like the one that I've been covering again, a, a case this morning involving um, Fred Goodwin, hmm. former RBS banker. Um, so, uh, and, 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 and this inquiry is specifically concerning injunctions, isn't it? Not, yeah. uh, not, uh, uh, not, not hacking. Exactly. I mean, the two distinct things are absolutely they're just purely injunctions. As you, you said, we, we we end up calling them super injunctions. Which yeah. They're not really, but but they are. Well, they're they're, posh people because when they get an injunction, they go, "Oh, super!" Yeah, super. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a very good differentiation. So, uh, um, yeah, but so yeah, I mean, I think I think that but the, the fact is that the, the context of this is you know there's hacking in the, on the sidelines, which is which is which is relevant. There's the 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 injunctions which have been granted for you know it's not they're not a new thing, but of course in the the new world with Twitter and social media and so on, they're easy to break. Hmm. So um, this comes down to a question of whether... Or if you're a Scottish newspaper. Or if you're a Scottish newspaper, indeed, which famously did that. I mean, it just comes down to a... It's almost a philosophical debate about about whether, you know, what constitutes privacy and whether anyone can ever be reported... and, and it's interesting that the, that the judges are are coming down on the side of um, of privacy, aren't they, Neil? And the um, and the court hearings in the case of of the of news group newspapers are also making it you know, d- um, uh, difficult for uh, uh, for newspapers to justify these sorts of stories. So so uh, they're coming at it from all angles, really, aren't they? Well, we all know that David Cameron wants to rip up the Human Rights Act and and, and start again and. If he wants to do that, then the right to privacy, the right to family, the right to liberty is all going to go out the window. So um, it is a test case because if he goes in there and says, well, actually, you know, we, we need to tighten up the, the, the privacy rules, then um, he's got to support the Human Rights Act. And mm. that is obviously going to, uh, t- not going to tally with his policy. It comes down to a question of, you know, it's the same old question. We've been here before in a different, in a different form, you know, with the PCC being an under, under investigation. And the whole concept of self-regulation of the press has been challenged before, yeah. Under previous governments, the answer, you know, the, the the government of the day always comes down on the side of the newspapers for obvious reasons. And as long as they believe, rightly or wrongly, that newspapers can uh, determine whether they get elected or you know, mm. can can make it easier or harder for them to get elected, they will always come down on the side of the Dakers. Uh, and and the uh, and the Brookses and so on. I mean that that's Isn't that's the key so, question. Sir Paul Dicker is he is he, you know has his knighthood yet? Uh, Sir Paul is, is he Sir Paul? He's not Sir Paul. Is he? I don't think he is. No, he's not a knighthood. He's no. not got a knighthood. Um, he's been begging for uh, just a, just a question of time. <laughs> just before just before we wrap up quickly, you mentioned that you were at the the, the Fred Goodwin uh, hearing. What's the, what, what what what's the latest than that? Because the, the injunction has been upheld, hasn't it? 
Yeah, it, it, in, it's, it has, but... It, Stop in, banging on the table. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So I'm, I'm trying I'm to make a point when I'm concentrating, I have to I do that. It's really exciting. Um, uh, <laughs> no, all that's changed is that uh, The Sun and others will be able to publish the woman who had an affair with allegedly's job title. Right. And for how long they had an affair. But not her name. But still not her name. Okay, well, it'll be interesting to, to see where, where, uh, where that goes. Well, are, are you outraged as a Scot that, uh, this is, that your, your <laughs> national bank is being dragged through the... I'm surprised that um, he didn't take out an injunction so people couldn't say that he brought the country to its knees <laughs> economically for at least the next 10 years. Yes. I'm surprised he didn't try and do that. He's, he's a very arrogant man. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the, the newspaper should go back in and try again because yeah. it, it's really important. Okay, thanks very much. Uh, that'll do for now. There's more on, on all of this, of course, including all the latest breaking developments on mediaguardian.co.uk. Uh, now, in the spirit of the saga surrounding New York Congressman Anthony Weiner, time for our news in briefs. Uh, we'll start with the press. And fresh from guest editing The New Statesman, it's been announced that Jemima Khan is taking up an associate editor position at The Independent and The Eye. What do you think about this, James? Um, what do I think about this? It's I think she should of... never be allowed to, <laughs> in The Guardian's building ever again. Well, and we should never refer to her, talk to, talk to her or invite right. her for lunch ever yes. again. Um, no, I mean, she's um, a figurehead, you know, a, a, a very intelligent, lucid and attractive figurehead. Hmm. Um, and she, perhaps she should have been in the new advert for The Eye rather than Mr. Kellner. Yes, he's in it, isn't he? Yeah, but he, presumably they're just they're, they're social chums, aren't they? I assume but so. But she's not a socialite. <laughs> she's not a socialite. She's not allowed to be called a socialite Why? or anything with light in it. Okay. Why, know, parasite. Okay, not that either. Uh, uh, okay, well, it'll get some headlines, uh, uh, I suppose. Um, let's talk radio, which is your old stomping ground, Neil. The radars are being dragged out of the uh, dark, dark ages. The pen and paper diaries are being uh, ditched. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's about, yeah, but it's, it, it's about time. You know, Kelvin McKenzie went on about these watches. I mean, that was the one thing that Kelvin said that I, I agree with. I didn't agree this with is, anything. This, and this was years ago. Go this was he, he absolutely. Was yes. yeah. um, and, you know, Sally Dillaboy D or, or oh, whatever her name is um, you know she tried to bring in radical changes but Rajar Diaries I didn't know anyone in the whole of the UK that has ever had a Rajar Diary have you ever had one? I've never had a Rajar Diary no, no. Uh, but then I've never had a box installed to my TV set to determine what programmes I watch either right. so. maybe it's because you're a journalist and you yeah. might watch decent things that you know Babe may want to get <laughs> may want to get an audience <laughs> um, um, but you know they, 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 they have a plug-in box that listens in your house to Whichever radio station you're listening oh, right. to, and for so, how long? So that might this is the new thing. Mean that Richard Bacon has one listener, which wouldn't be a surprise. <laughs> well, yeah, one too many. Richard I'd, Bacon's yes. very good, but he did tweet the other day. I uh, went to a dinner party last night with Peter Mandelson and you know a few other celebrities. When did I become so middle class? Oh dear! Like, well, probably when you went to private school. Yeah, I should imagine. Um, so, uh, but the, the question about going back to the regions, which is what we were talking about, the, these will be more accurate. This is the point than 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 pen and paper diaries, which relies on people's recall. But are these boxes accurate? They, they are accurate because they listen to the stations that you're listening to and they're able to pick up, you know, whether it's Chris Moyles or Chris Evans or Terry Wogan. The, the issues with Rajar is, you know, one month Hearts number one in London, the next month it's Magic, the next mm. month it, or quarter rather, it's Capital. And that's just not consistent. I mean, people who listen to Capital will continue to listen to Capital. They won't just turn over to Magic just because they, on a whim. So that that really proves that... So, so, sorry, so why, is the, why are they so flawed? Because people just because people write down the things they, they wish they did listen to rather than things they actually listen or, to. Or, or, embarrassment? Or, or, or do they just <laughs> confuse one with the other? And, well, I think uh, that, I think it was hard, but it might have been capital. Yeah, well, you can, confusion. It's very easy to confuse talk sport 
with Five, with five live. live. That was one of the issues mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. People were, as Kelvin used to say, we've got 10 million listeners, but Roger say we've only got 1.8 million because people think mm-hmm. they're listening to Five Live. So there's always issues. And that can there. never happen. That cannot happen with the new turn. never happen. No, okay. Let's move on to uh, TV news, quite literally, actually, because uh, Samira Ahmed's le- leaving Channel 4 News and she's being replaced by uh, political correspondent Kathy Newman. She's, so Kathy Newman is going to be their new third presenter. Now, it's a bit, I'm in two minds about this because I like Samira Ahmed yeah, a lot. Yeah, I'm quite sad about that. I think yeah. she's fantastic. Um, but also, I like Kathy Newman a lot as well. Yeah, Ka- Kathy Newman's strong, but you know, Channel 4 do tend to have this, this kind of trait of putting reporters on as presenters right. who aren't very good. They're great reporters, but when they put them at that, that that box yes. um, when Jon Snow hands over to them. They're just not that good. And Samir Ahmed was great. Christian's obviously brilliant. John's yeah. fantastic. Um, and it's great that they've signed up Matt Fry. I think that's a real coup for, for Channel yes. 4 News because he is solid and, and will be a, probably a future presenter as well. Yeah. Um, so I think they're doing well. But, you know, Samira probably end up at the BBC, I would imagine. Mm. Yeah, she was on... Uh, well, she, well, she's been doing the rounds. Hasn't she? She, I, I wondered if she sort of thought that this was in the offing because she was on she won Celebrity Mastermind in a sort of barnstorming performance and uh, and she was on Have I Got News For You uh, a, a couple of weeks ago so there's a bit of profile boosting going on. And yeah, she's got... Well, she can do a job swap with Matt Fry and end up, you know... She's on Bargain so. Hunt. I think she's doing Escape to the Country. <laughs> <laughs> yes, OK. Um, uh, finally, the BBC has announced that uh, this year's finals at Wimbledon will be broadcast in 3D. Um, exciting news that, that you know this will be or is the BBC just playing catch up with Sky here? Um, yeah, Sky have yeah. won the sorry, I was saying Sky have, have managed to get most of the, the positive publicity out of three D, haven't they? With the hmm. football and the boxing and so on, but but BBC have been you know they, they, their three D plans were in place around the same time. So well, Sky have already shown about hundred sport, sporting events uh, in three D, uh, and as for, for the BBC, this is a dry run for the it, Olympics. It's great. It? I mean, I, I think uh, tennis and three D is probably one of the best sports because you know yeah. you'll get the ball coming towards you, yes. and hitting you in the face. Yeah. Not if it's Andy Murray, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> people are buying three D TVs. I mean, you, you see Samsung and LG particularly are selling loads and loads of three D TVs at the moment, and they're getting cheaper. Uh, they call them smart. TVs, I think you know you can do everything on them. So it's a great. It really, it really is good. Do you news. think it's a it's a serious sort of future f- format? Absolutely, it's not great for some sports. It's good for football. It's good for rugby. Uh, and particularly tennis, but Formula One, you don't want one of those cars coming out and hitting you in the no, face. No, you, you don't. Certainly not. Uh, 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 have you, are you invest, going to invest in the 3D TV? Uh, it's the glasses that I think. That well, just, I think it makes that's it, the barrier. After five minutes, you just get a bit bored of it, don't you? you feel a bit slightly sick. So I, I don't know. I'm sure they'll overcome these teething problems but yeah I mean in principle yeah I love it I saw some cricket in 3D and I thought it was fantastic I'm sure Odeon will show uh, Wimbledon in the cinemas during the summer on their 3D screen so they can obviously get customers in that way sure Babe Station would be considerably improved in 3D Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure it would actually probably not I just Uh, wonder who those women are on the phone to because every time I ring in (laughs) (laughs) cut that will you man Um, we'll leave all that there there's uh, more on all these stories of course at mediaguardian.co.uk next it's Vicky Frost and and our TV review and previews. Guardian.co.uk's TV editor is here. Uh, how, are, how are you, Vicky? Nice to see I'm you. I'm very well. How it's, are you? It's, I'm very good, thank you. It's like we're going to have cowl and coal free zone this week. Oh, how lovely. We're not going to mention them, <laughs> we're not going to mention them at all. Um, so I wanted to start by asking you about the rumours and all the stuff about Doctor Who and what's been going on because suddenly I, 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 I've been a bit behind and I watched this week's episode on Catch Up when I got back from Sky mm. and, then, and then I found out that it's the end of the series, except it's not the end of the series. No, so, no, the series comes back in autumn. Right. And was, this, is, was this always going to happen? 
Uh, yes, it's been going to happen for quite a long that's time. A stupid, but that's a stupid idea. And then I, I don't think it is, actually. I think it's a not terrible idea, because then you start to spread Doctor Who over the year. Okay. And there's ten episodes of Torchwood coming this summer. Oh, right. So that, I mean, from the BBC's point of view, then you get something that goes sort of all the way from spring right through to Christmas. So okay. sort like of a good thing. in Holby City. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the danger, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But, but the, 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 the trouble, the, the issue is whether there was going to be the, the next series. Uh-huh. wasn't there and, and, and there's been all sorts of rumours there might just be a few specials because Matt Smith was in Panto or whatever it was and <laughs> it wasn't was it, it was the, or, the, or the RSC or I don't know Hollywood one of them one of them and um, so uh, what's been decided and, well, oh, and then Piers Wenger leaves and there's, there's rumours I've seen the private eye this week you yes. said you're a bit behind all term on no, sounds like you know more about us than anyone else on the planet <laughs> so that was interesting the private eye story um, yes yeah. I, d- I sort of basically so there's this idea that there's going to be a couple of specials next year and then there'll be another full series and what the BBC have said is that they have commissioned 14. So there, so there is a whole series commissioned. But what they haven't actually said, I think, is how those will be spread out. So we still don't really know whether what we'll get next year is a few specials and then a full series or whether we'll get a full series. I, I still don't think we actually know. Mm. So th- uh, this is so. T- so do we think that Doctor Who's in a bit of turmoil, or is, it, or is this just an, you know the n- normal sort of way of things when you've got big star actors and you have to fit fil- filming around them? I don't know. It seems a bit odd to me. Hmm. I sort of think, you know, if you're commissioning 14 episodes, you might want to have a think about how those would pan out. Hmm. I, I don't know. Okay. Doctor Who the movie, that's what's next, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, okay, so um, <laughs> that's Doctor Who. Uh, let's do a quick uh, recap of what's been on this week and what you thought about it. Case History, which I haven't watched yet, and oh. I really do want to watch because, I uh, see, I am a bit behind in my viewing, but this is my favourite books of the moment, the, these Kate Atkinson books with Jackson Brody as the... I, I love them. But, I absolutely love the books. And, of course, it's Ashley Farrow doing the adaptation, so mm. uh, there's lots of things to love there, and not to mention Jason, uh, Jason Isaacs. With course. a shirt off a lot. An awful lot. In Edinburgh, I mean, it's, it's freezing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in Edinburgh, so what's not to like? Yeah. Yes, and, and they sort of all seem to live in very, very expensive houses. Here's this gorgeous little muse cottage that opens right out that, you know, I, I didn't know whether to look at him or at the house, basically. <laughs> um, it, it's, I liked it more than other people, actually. I think lots of people have had problems with this. Right. Um, I like it more than others. I think... It doesn't particularly stand up to comparison with the books because the books kind of are detective mysteries but they're quite literary and it's all about the writing and it's very beautiful and funny and and you don't really get that with the TV show. It's a bit more of a detective procedural because it kind of has to be, I suppose. Um, I think Jason Isaacs is brilliant casting as Jackson Brody. He is fantastic. I'm sort of having more problems with Julia who has become sort of blonde and tall, and, and I thought, always thought she was sort of quite dark and short. Yes, so, definitely. It's a know. bit like Rebus, though. I mean, you thought Rebus was going to be Alex Norton, who play, who's in Taggart now, but it was originally John Hanna, and then it mm. was, you know... They replaced, was, they recast him. They recast yeah. it with Ken Stott. It's, yeah. it's a funny... And it was a much better there. recasting, actually. Yeah, yeah, Ken Stott um, was great. Do we need a replacement for Taggart? So this, yeah, this would absolutely. Be, I mean, it would, would be a good replacement for Taggart, but at any you? point, did he say... There's been a murder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not Scottish. So no. <laughs> 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 <He's> English, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> You're also full of praise for our war on BBC Three. Oh, this is fantastic. It is such exactly what BBC Three should be doing. Really good documentary from Afghanistan. And lots of people watching it sort of saying, well, why isn't this on BBC One? It's this, um, and it's this platoon who film, filmed their, mm. their, their period, their tour of duty, isn't it, with head, head cams and all the rest of it? Yeah, so it's very raw. It's, mm. it's very real. 
And, and you know, lots of people saying, why isn't this on BBC One? But the reason it's not on BBC One is because actually, and this, I think this is uh, the most touching thing about it in some ways, is, you know, these are like 19-year-old, 20-year-old boys. And it's kind of, it should be on BBC Three because that's who BBC Three should be reaching. Yeah. It's exactly the right place to put it. It's an excellent commission and it's a really good show. And I, I think it's in several parts. So, so, there's, so there's more to mm. watch. Um, uh, and it was quite good. We should do a quick Apprentice. Uh, it was quite a good episode of uh, The Apprentice this week. It wasn't bad, was it? And Evil Edna, gone. Evil Edna's gone. <laughs> but she turned up on um, you know, You've Been Fired with, with, with the gloves. With gloves. What, was it, what was that about? And, uh, oh, and, and the obligatory new hairdo, of course. Which yes, they all now have, yes. to have to do. You have to look. Yes, you have you to do. do slightly more tanned and a bit more sort of slick and with a nicer suit and a new new haircut. You do have to look more polished. Which, given that they are, you know, a hundred times more polished than most people when they're on the show, yes. I can only imagine how long makeup takes before yes. you're fired. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I think after I thought after a bit of faltering start, the series is, is, is getting into a, into. Do you not think? Yeah, it's come so soon after the last one. I just feel like there's not enough differentiation between the tasks, and I'm slightly... Yeah, they're all sort of all the same, aren't they? Mm. We had the advertising task. Uh, mm. uh, um, but to give you an week. example, I, I was a big fan. Now when I watch it, I fall asleep before the boardroom firing. Is that because I've just had a child? I, I, I don't know, but yeah. I just fall asleep. And uh, I, can't be I, just, I just don't think the casting's as good this, this series for it. I don't think... That, no, I think no. you might be right. Um, uh, so, what's coming up? Uh, uh, there's oh, there's Camelot. Oh what, my goodness! What's that? <laughs> it's utterly hilarious. It's basically the Tudors, yes, but with less history, right, and more sex. Is it based on the lottery? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it probably number thirteen. <laughs> that's probably how they scripted it. Just put all the lines into a bag and pulled um, a few out. Um, it's, so it so basically, so it's it's, it's a ruder Tudors. It's a rude of Tudors. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's what it is. It's ridiculous. So people ridiculous. are getting the balls out. Oh, stop it. Well, Eva Green's getting her boobs out quite, you know, right. already within first episode. I had to turn it off at work. It was too yeah, rude I saw you to watch it. it work. <laughs> <laughs> they came, came across, N- N- across her shoulder and she was watching it. I was appalled. NSFW. Not suitable for Exactly, yeah. 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 So, um, but is it worth watching for how bad it is? Um, it, it was quite fun, if uncomfortable, to watch right. in an office environment, okay. I would suggest. Luther's back. Luther's back. Also ludicrous. It's like the, that is a ludicrous. Um, it's ludicrous. And I sort of, I've just watched the first part of the first, of the first episode, and they sort of recap on everything that happened at the end of last series, and I'd just forgotten how ridiculous that show was. Hmm. And then like, already, like literally in the first five minutes of the first episode of the new series, you know, you've got Luther playing Russian roulette. And it's just kind of like, this show, it's just, how did it get recommissioned? It's yeah. just rubbish. Um, Big Brother may be gone, but there's word on some uh, of the high-quality programming that uh, Channel 4 Chief Executive David Abrahams promised uh, <laughs> instead. Uh, Seven Dwarves. <laughs> now, I went to the launch of this yeah. thinking, oh, what am I going to see? This is going to be terrible. It's going to be another yeah, gypsy weddings. It's going to be really exploitative. Actually... It's just got a terrible, terrible title that makes you think it's going to be another Channel 4 dock along those lines. But actually, it's quite an interesting sort of documentary. So what are, what's it about? It's basically, it's about, the reason it's called Seven Dwarfs is it cause, uh, not because they have contrived to put Seven Dwarfs in a house, although slightly they have, but they have got uh, Seven Dwarfs who are appearing in Panto. And so basically, instead of staying in digs, they stay in a house together right. and then Channel 4 films them. 
So it's slightly. It still sounds quite expensive. Fried, but, isn't it? But I don't. I think actually it's sort of quite well. It's done by the team behind One Born Every Minute and the family, and Twenty Four Hours in A and E. So it's it, it's it's sort of toned down, and it's not. They're not hung out to dry in the same way as Gypsy mm. Wedding. You know, it's like look at these people. Let's laugh at them. It's not in that way really, and. Um, and I think everyone involved has a fairly good idea of what they're getting into. And it's quite interesting. They do quite a lot of interviewing people on camera and, you know, and their families and what, it, you know, how they've coped sort of with their size and, and all that. Mm. You know, it's it's not terrible is okay. the answer. Excellent. Well, we'll look forward to that. Anything, anything else we need to look out for? Or is that, is that it on our list? Uh, oh, the shadow line this week oh, is amazing. I love it. It is amazing. Episode six is brilliant. Okay, well, watch out for that. Thank you very much. Um, uh, That's pretty much it, actually. But uh, before we go, um, uh, it's time to tell us what you've uh, learned from your last week in the media. James, you never have anything prepared for this. Have you got anything No, I I was just thinking as we were talking about this was going to come up. I I did learn that Hugh Grant can do four different London accents, which is quite interesting and got actually heard all of them. I can't do them myself. Yeah. But that's that's not bad, is it? Yeah, yeah, it is quite interesting. I bumped into him at a little dinner. four, Four London accents. London accents. I'm sure he can do hundreds of accents, but he can actually do four so, different so London accents. Of what are the dis- what? Don't ask me to go into any more detail. Okay. It must be Nappy Valley uh, <laughs> yeah. accent. East London, obviously. Yeah, yeah correct. Uh, North London. Is that different? No, there's no, there's no, it's not. Come on. Yeah, I, mean, I know East London is a North, North London. No, there is, big, there is a big. South London. South London. South London. South London. Yeah, South London. Yeah, South West. It's more like this. Is it? Yes. Interesting. That sounds. <laughs> that just is Hugh Grant's voice. <laughs> Neil, uh, 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 Neil Island, are you, are you do impressions. Yesterday, I was devastated that that Zippy, basically <laughs> Zippy's dead. <laughs> that doesn't sound anything like Zippy. The worst impression. What, what Don't about, enter. What about uh, my George? Talent. Go on, do, 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 do George. George. I'm really, really upset that Zippy's died. That's, That's a much bad. better yeah. George yeah. than Zippy. I can't do yeah. Bungle or Rod, Jane, or Freddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he died, which was very sad this week. Um, uh, do, do you have any secrets and? things that you no but last week I said the BBC needed a new gardening programme and this week ITV have got one (laughs) which (laughs) one's this they do listen they do Uh, so that's uh, Alan Titchmarsh but they haven't scheduled it against Gardener's World which I think at one point there was talk that was what was going to happen you're a big gardener gardening fan though aren't you I am yeah Yeah. I like to garden I'm like an old woman like that I like the arches and gardening (laughs) (laughs) so so you must be delighted with this new commission Uh, uh, well kind of but it's not very good I think well anything I'm not surprised it's got Alan Titchmarsh in it Uh, Okay, uh, thank you very much. Don't give up the day job, uh, Neil. Uh, thank, uh, thank you very much, Neil Henderson, Vicky Frost, and James Robinson. Uh, the blog and the Twitter details are all at guardian.co.uk slash media talk. I'm Matt Wells. Media talk is produced by Ben Green. Goodbye. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.